With us today is Lisa Headley, the founder and creator of the Mayflower Spa. This is Lisa Headley's strategies for dealing with stress on a rainy day. On a rainy day. Even though it might not be raining when you are hearing this, it is raining while we were recording this, and frankly... I'm sick of rain! Not only that, do you know, I keep thinking of the woman that you saw in the doctor's office in the springtime who had high anxiety, anticipatory suffering, because she was wor- it was spring and she hated she summer. And she, yeah. And she just knew it. Yeah. Every time, I mean, every time it fails to crack 90 degrees and make me sweat, mm-hmm. I think of her. Me too. Me too. I don't know what to say about it. Except that, um, well, no, I don't even know how to say that. I was going to say, you know, it's all the dashed expectations thing, which is a very huge cause of stress, of course, for all of us. But I um, mostly I've been thinking this week about how people look at me quizzically, <laughs> or let me say it this way, the quizzical look I get from people when I start talking about how important daily practices are in their lives, and it, it goes very quickly from quizzical, like I have no idea what this woman is talking about, to terror, to resentment, and sometimes even to anger. I don't have time for that in my life. That's right. I'm time deprived. I'm time deprived. Right. I just, like, to I am totally, I'm, I'm to the wall. That thing. And I... I uh, you know, I've, I've, I'm learning. I'm learning as I'm practicing, actually, to just be more and more artful <clears throat> in the way that I present these concepts to people so that I can get them to actually buy into them because I know how effective they are. Um, and it's really difficult. And we talked about this a little a couple of shows back. We touched on it lightly towards the end, I believe, about how, you know, people's lives, they don't exist in a vacuum, obviously. I mean, if someone lives on their own, and they have no kids around, and they don't have any dogs they have to feed, then they, they don't live in, then they really they have a little bit more leeway to choose what they're going to do, when they're going to do it, without thinking about anything or anybody else, but most of us don't live like that, so most of us at least have a dog that needs that has a feeding schedule, or a slew of kids, which makes things really complicated, or a spouse, or a significant other, slash partner, um, so it becomes really important to talk to people, you know, from my point of view, to talk to people about how they're going to integrate their desire to reshape their life in certain ways, in terms of practices, along with their families who are not so easy to budge, or their dogs or their cats. So you've got to learn to work around what you've got and then find a satisfactory way to proceed. And the other thing you know, so I lay that down first, and uh, we can talk about some ways to to sort of help people figure out what's going to work for them. But the other thing is how important it is as you embark on that kind of a conversation to understand and therefore convey that things change all the time. Once the season changes, the way you do practices has to change because your personal reaction to the season is going to be different so you need to be doing slightly different things so in my view the kinds of practices one needs to do to stay balanced and happy and healthy in life requires this constant vigilance you can't you never arrive anywhere where you say ha I've got the formula it it just doesn't work that way um so you just have to you have to build in to this idea of trying to set your life up around ideas of health and balance. You have to build into it the idea that everything changes, that sense of impermanence. And I think it was that show where we were talking about impermanence, that we were talking about how important it is to set up practices. So now we're talking about it the opposite way. We're saying, okay, here we're trying to set up 
practices, but we have to keep in mind that everything changes. This too shall pass. Good things pass and bad things pass. And it's a really good strategy for dealing with stress to say to yourself, okay, I'm in a bad patch, but things are going to get better. But likewise, it's a really smart idea not to get attached to things that are pleasurable and pleasant because as those start to naturally come to an end, that can increase your anxiety. So let me give a really concrete example. I'm at the beach. I'm staying with my brother. And I, I get there and oh, I have the luxury of four days spreading out in front of me and I am enjoying the beach. It is beautiful. It's so gorgeous. I don't have any responsibilities of home. It's my vacation and I'm feeling great. But as day three rolls around, I'm starting to get anxious because it's coming to an end. So here is this really pleasurable situation that I'm enjoying in every way. And it starts to cause me anxiety because at the end of it, I know I have to pack, I have to get back into my world, blah, 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 blah. So what is the antidote to that? Well, on some level, the antidote has to be just A, understanding that impermanence is a feature of life, and B, becoming um, comfortable with the idea that you, you just have to be this flexy person. You have to not attach yourself. It's a question, I mean, in Buddhist thought, if you want to reach to something codified, it's a concept of non-attachment. And once you attach yourself to desires or to things, that's where unhappiness slash anxiety comes from. So, you know, as we're talking about constantly telling people, as I seem to do always on this show, talk to people about getting strategies for dealing with stress built around some patterns that they build into their lives that are good and positive things. The, the sort of coefficient of that, the thing that has to go side by side with that, is a real comfortable understanding that everything's going to change. You're going to get into a nice routine. You're going to be doing some nice practices in the morning. You're going to have some fluidity in your joints. You're going to feel really good about that. And then bang, the weather's going to change. And that's going to change the way your body responds. And suddenly, that same series of exercises is not going to make your body feel good anymore. So you're going to have to think, huh, i got to tweak this a little bit. i got to go back to the professional that helped me. Or I've got to figure out a way to get back to that sense of balance. Yeah, one of the things that's difficult is once you establish a routine, you know, if, if you have your routine, you have your routine. And there are those of us who, th that's the routine. <laughs> and it generates... <laughs> Therefore, having to roll with it or change it or modify it um, is almost a slap in the face. Right. And it can be very unsettling and it can cause a lot of anxiety, which right. is why, you know, I love that we always, <laughs> every once in a while I think, hmm, should we change the title of this show? Are we ever going to run out of things to talk about with strategies for dealing with stress? And the minute that thought is out of my mouth, I go, oh my God, I, I, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Stress pops up every single time you function in the world. And as we've discussed, there's sometimes that's good, sometimes that's a motivator. But more often than not, we're, we're compounding stress reaction on top of stress reaction, and we just have to keep finding ways to, and I love that surfboard analogy we use a lot. You know, you, if you're standing on that surfboard and a big wave comes, you've got to find a way to balance your body on it. And that's what life is like. And so strategies for dealing with stress have to involve finding ways for you to get that balance back so you don't get knocked over. 
get water up your nose. <laughs> no, you're 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 absolutely right. But one of the things when you are juggling multiple pieces of fruit um or you know multiple issues children dogs uh a, a work schedule a, a significant when, when you are trying to integrate one little uh dislocation in just one of those areas can send the whole you know basically your whole fruit bouquet tumbling to the floor and exactly. that's that's why even inherent in all of the work that you do, the, a, a certain amount of agility is is required. You've just got to leave that, uh, it, it, just leave that space for it to change. Because if you don't, and it changes, and you're tensed for it, it's going to be more stressful than if you just have to reorganize everything. That's completely correct. I don't know how to. I I don't know how to. I I don't know what the steps are for not being so inflexible. By the way, so buffeted. Yeah. Well, I think that what I was just going to say was that uh, one of the biggest practices you can do. It's kind of a pre-practice. It's like before you go to medical school, you take you know, anatomy and physiology, right. <laughs> you know, a prerequisite to really making a commitment to, to doing things that are going to give you a balanced platform for your life, let's say, let's call it that, um, is to sort of train your mind to be more flexible, train yourself to go a little bit more with the flow. And there's a couple of things that you could, I mean, you could choose to do it in a number of ways. You could choose to do it in a journal where you really literally take stock of where you are for a few days running, like a, a daily diary of kind of basic feelings and emotions towards the weather, for example, pick very concrete things so that you can start to get in better touch with yourself and how you're reacting to things. Because what a lot of us do is we live on a very, you know, superficial functioning level. We wake up, it, you, it's, oh, it looks cold out, I'll put on a sweater. But you don't really think about how that cold in the middle of summer, like today, as you said, on the day we're taping this, is a rainy, cold day for summer. It's 62 degrees outside. And so you're you're not really expecting it you you got it so if you're living on a very superficial response level what you do is you go oh it's cold i put on a sweatshirt blah, 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 and then you might be grumpy all day and you don't understand because you haven't given it much thought that the reason or i will be grumpy all day the reason i'm grumpy is because it's not supposed to be 62 degrees and cold but if i haven't given that any thought as i go about putting on that sweater then i don't attach those two things all i know is that i've snapped at my dog and my child and I've created a bad vibe around myself for the day. So it's very important to take stock in a self-awareness way. So if, if you're a person that likes to pick up a pen and journal, fine. Many people aren't. Many people don't want to commit their thoughts to paper. That is scary to them or it's wooey or weird. So okay, if that doesn't feel like a good strategy. Another is just to sit quietly. Take those, take a couple of deep breaths like we always discuss, especially in the morning so that you can get your sympathetic, parasympathetic, you can get that whole part of your nervous system going with breath. So just really 
Simple, a few deep breaths. And if what you want to think of is getting the stale air out and getting clean air in, great. Go for it that way. Very fundamental. It's a real fact. You've been sleeping. Your, the depth and breadth of your lungs has not been activated. Do that. And then just sit there for a minute and think. To, take a scan of your body, something really physical and simple. Start at your toes. Huh. Are they feeling tight and crampy? Maybe you wiggle them. Ankles. You could just do a literal scan yourself on the external part of your body. We're not talking about anything complicated. What you can also do if you're feeling really adventuresome is you can go inside. You can try and practice like as though you have a little camera that's moving along with the breath. You can go inside and see if you feel any sticky stuck places happening like oh I feel my stomach isn't quite moving right and you know you can start to get in touch with some more sensitive um, self-awareness things that way and you know that's an interesting practice you just you can do it from the outside and then you can do it from the inside or if you really want to get this over with just do it from the outside okay there's a very physical way to get in touch with what's going on with you on a given day you can also you know already go downstairs or over to the kitchen or whatever it is make your coffee and as you're sitting with that you can just take that time whatever it is create some little ritual around every morning and maybe it's before you even get out of bed just trying to figure out where you are and how you're feeling in the day and right. take a look at the weather because the weather matters to no, everyone it, it, even it, people that aren't particularly sensitive to heat or cold although we all are yeah, I think that people have taken to watching the weather the way they've taken to watching sport. In other words, there's there's almost a disconnect to it. It it it's more for, uh, I don't I don't know the the, the numbers are all there, it, but it's not how this relates to me. It's just how, whether this is going to put me in a bad mood or not. But that's that's all you care about. Yeah. For the purposes of this exercise. Be as narcissistic as you want. Okay. Because this is this is a truly internal experience I'm asking people to to go for. Because until they prime themselves, till we prime ourselves to really pay attention to what's going on in our bodies, then all the practices in the world are just gonna be superficial experiences. Okay. You see, I, I think that it's what I'm trying to do also is, is help people think about this in a way. People that are really twigged to and really are into this mind-body connection, and they probably don't have any issue with this because they can already, they've already been doing things and thinking about the world in a way that's very integrated. But for many of us, and almost all the people I deal with as clients, they, I, they look at me quizzically, as I said when I started. It's kind of like, what are you talking about? I don't know. Oh wooey, weird. I don't want to think about myself and my self-awareness. It freaks people out. So a better way for those people who have that kind of predisposition to think about it is just in pure physical terms. And in pure physical terms, weather affects my mood. Having literally sat with myself for five minutes gives myself a connection to myself that I wouldn't have if I hit the ground running and race through my coffee and I'm in the car and you know that feeling that always freaks me out when I've been driving and I don't know how I got off the correct exit or I'm almost home and I just don't have any recollection of making the decisions to get myself there. It happened to me twice yesterday and I'm going, you know, <laughs> I, I, I always think of a particular friend who we, we shake our heads when this happens and uh, that's just... Uh, it's well, it really freaks me out.
because it's the antithesis of what I'm talking about. I right. mean, in some ways, it's kind of cool. You know, you go on autopilot, and it's like, woo, where was I? And could I have gotten in an accident because I was on autopilot? The answer is probably not, because your whole system of awareness was present for the act of driving. But what's scary about it to me is that think of all you missed on the way. And I know this can sound a little corny, but since the joy is in the journey, truly, why not make every moment, and this is where when you hear people say make every moment a meditation, what they're really talking about is make everything you do in your life an experience that potentially has something to teach you or some joy in it or some pleasure because then so many more things start to become pleasurable. I mean, who thinks of making your coffee in the morning as pleasurable? Well, not very many people outside the kind of hardcore yoga community, but if you really set yourself a few tasks like that of saying, okay, how am I going to make this like some really fantastic experience? Smell the coffee. Hmm. Wait a minute. Experience that. Think of, did I smell that smell when I was 22 and I was traveling in Turkey? You know, enjoy it. Try and expand it. Try and make a story about it. So you really want to try and extend that moment? and experience that moment. I'm not as concerned about extending it as I am about actually experiencing it and seeing how it affects you. Okay. You know, I mean, frankly, I like the smell of coffee better than the taste of coffee. So for me, that would be like a really fabulous way to approach my coffee. But I don't even drink coffee. Um, But do you see what I'm talking about? Yeah. So I'm trying to just give us little places where everybody in their common daily routines can attach themselves to an awareness of themselves and therefore a greater ability to not get too attached to experiences. It's going to work in the opposite way. It's going to work so that everything becomes pleasurable and you don't get so stuck on being at the beach and how pleasurable it is that on day three you don't ruin the rest of it by freaking out because you have to leave. If you're experiencing every aspect of it as something interesting, something good, something that you can get something out of, then you're going to be a lot happier on balance and a lot more open to what the world has to show you and has to offer you. It's a kind of a surrender principle too, which makes life a lot less stressful. But the the surrender principle, I think, is one that's as uh, easily palatable as the, um, oh, you have the time to do this. People don't like being told to, or I have found that a lot uh, people don't like being told to give it up or surrender, mostly because they don't know how to do that. Right. Um, but it, it's it's sort of like saying, oh, no, it's not what you're saying. It's sort of interpreted as you, one is advising them to be powerless. Right, and that is not the case. It's exactly. the exact opposite. Yeah, I understand that, but that, that I That's just... That's a good point. When, I love that. That's a good point. people look at me and blood starts coming out of their eyes, you know, <laughs> that's... Uh, I, I suddenly think, aha, okay, we, we need to define this word. Right, and it's really good, good point, because, yeah, I'm always so mindful of not freaking people out, and you're right, the word surrender itself... Um, implies... It yes, they don't want to be submissive. They right. don't want to feel like they have no power or control. They're, Most they're, of us control freaks. That's right. They're trying to take and they're trying to gain some control over the bits that they you know that that aren't responding appropriately. So therefore. Right. 
Well, let me suggest it to you this way. All people are interested in being dominated in ways that are acceptable to them. So the principle of surrender that we're talking about here is really a principle that has to do with you define the terms. You are in ultimate control. You are going to define the ways in which being submissive in a sense or able to just submit to the situation, to the conditions, is going to then come back to you with all this pleasurable experience. And that's the way you got to think about it. Right. Um, and it applies in all of life, in, in relationships, in physical activity. I mean, people, I see runners running, you know, jogging, and I'm, they, they look miserable, and they are fighting the, the thing the whole way instead of feeling the openness and expansiveness that's coming into their lungs, you know, their, 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 br their breath and their blood and their oxygenating everything, and they're, they're really in an opening experience, but somehow most of them look like they're pounding away on the pavement.